Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to Overthinking and Anxious. I am taking over the intro. Putties is unfortunately not able to do the intro anymore. I have barred her from uh, doing our great intro because it was not great anymore. So I'm going to make <laughs> it great again. Here we go again. Like, we're literally just getting started. And I'm already not good enough. <laughs> We're going to make overthinking and anxious great again. Oh, okay. So did you maybe forget something in the intro for someone who's that great? Uh, no, I don't think I forgot anything. No? What episode number are we on? 13. You didn't mention that. Welcome to episode 13 of you start overthinking over? and anxious. Can you start over? Just do, just do it again. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to Overthinking and Anxious. This is Marty. And welcome to episode 13. And I'm Paris. No. <laughs> You're supposed to say, yeah, episode 13. This is what happens when you change it up on me. <laughs> well, we had a meeting about that last night. No, we didn't. You didn't listen, obviously. Oh, right. <laughs> Let's How's not going? talk about who doesn't listen. <laughs> How's it going? It's going. I'm testing my new mic tonight. Yeah. My new setup. And I'm on my new laptop. And I have notes. And I have Google ready if I need to Google something. So maybe I'll be more up to your standards today. <laughs> <laughs> What are we talking about tonight? Uh, it's 11.24 uh, p.m. As usual, we love to uh, record our podcast late. <clears throat> yes. So. I'm in a chillax mood. I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to Bon Iver tonight. Uh, if you are looking for an escape and you don't want to do mushrooms or drugs to get there, the closest you can get to a euphoric state and a state of um, like an alpha zone, you know, that zone between sleeping and consciousness and uh, a meditative state, very healing state. Uh, if you're looking for something on the natural, au naturel, <laughs> I recommend Bon Iver. And since I'm recommending Bon Iver this early <clears throat> in the show, I'm going to actually recommend which albums to look at so that you can actually dive deep into it, but not too deep at the start and find something very eclectic and is going to throw you off or fuck you up. Because I'm warning you, it's music that has been constructed to heal. So melodies that are constructed to be healing or to be, to go dig deep into feelings. And it's very emotionally driven. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's a particular type of music. So you can't, it's not George Jones type of music. It's not Rolling Stones type of music. However, there's some influences of everything in there. Um, the guy's from Wisconsin. So he's, you know, 
he, he's a normal guy and he's uh, had a lot of influences in blues, jazz and country and all kinds of music. Uh, but uh, this type of music is really, like I say, healing. So anyways, uh, Bon Iver, it's spelled B-O-N space I-V-E-R. And I would recommend the first album you look into would be, hang on here. I would start with For Emma Forever Ago, which was pretty, pretty much his first, his first album, partially recorded at a cabin in the Wisconsin woods. There's a tangible sense of wintry isolation. So I would start with that one and then you can move on to the Boniver, Boniver, self-titled album. And then uh, one that really has taken a bit of time for me to really ease into and to really get, but finally completely understand the album and get it and feel it uh, is the last uh, third LP, I guess. Uh, kind of a bold, uh, kind of a bold album. So it takes you different places, but anyways, nonetheless, takes me really to really good places. 22, a million actually give it a chance and um, make sure that you're in a, in a mode or in a mood that you can actually spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes listening to it to, to kind of let it flow so that you get a little bit of the album or the music. So a good place to do that is during a walk. Or if you're just taking a breather and you want to do like a meditation or something, you can definitely dive into some Bon Iver and uh, it'll take you there. So anyway, or a massage, anything, anything that's like wellness or. So, yeah, I've been listening to that. That's why I'm kind of in a chilled mood. And uh, I ate two gummies tonight. You did? Yeah, the pot gummies. It's, I think it's what, 10 milligram per? Uh, it depends on which one, but I think so. 10 or 15. Yeah. I'm relaxed. Uh, you could consider this, uh, you know, having uh, taken maybe a, a glass or two of wine, two, two glasses of wine, let's say. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at right now. And not going to take any more. So obviously, uh, it's just going to relax from there. Awesome. It's funny that you mentioned Bon Iver. Um, one of my really good uh, friends. Bon Iver. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not Bon Iver, like not <laughs> Rogersville style there. <laughs> whatever <laughs> they're not from I, rogersville i have to like mess up you know words and names here and there like it's who i am <laughs> whatever <laughs> so one of my really good friends is a massage therapist and uh, she plays their songs all the time um and i was actually talking to one of my good friends yesterday and she was you know struggling with anxiety um and i actually suggested that she dives into the album i don't know if she did i haven't followed up yet but i will um but definitely uh something that has helped me i remember when you first suggested them to me um it was like an experience mm -hmm. is is what i can describe it as big time yeah it's exactly what it is uh so i'm, I'm the one that introduced you to bon Iver. yeah 
such a cool feeling. I love, <laughs> I love when I can introduce Bonivere to somebody and it actually has an effect. And it's happened, you know, a few times because I've been pretty much listening to them from since Forema uh, Forever Ago came out. Even before that, they were uh, doing some sessions in in Paris and filming them, and it was really cool. I discovered them on 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 uh, Late Night with David Letterman. Okay. And uh, from there that night, I'm trying to figure out what year it would have been. Let's hang on here. Let me just tell you. Well, yeah, it would have been about 2000. Ah, it would have been about 2007. Okay. Ish. <laughs> and um, that's when they released For Emma Forever Ago. And as soon as I discovered this amazing fucking cool band that was on David Letterman, like, man you should see the performance really cool anyway um i went on youtube and started like just you know searching everything i could find and all the stuff that i found back then was blogotech which was like a french youtube kind of channel Mm -hmm. uh, from France that uh, had <clears throat> had done some uh, sessions with them in France. I don't know. I, I assume it's in Paris, but I'm not sure exactly where. Anyways, it was really cool because it was like all live video and they would just walk in hallways and just sing and then people would stop and listen to them just like alleys and just outside mm -hmm. whatever it was really really cool anyways it's still all on youtube and that's where i kind of fell into all that and then i discovered the, the the full lp the full album of forever uh for emma forever ago and i just fell in love just fell in love and uh completely understood justin vernon's intentions which is like sort of the, the leader of the group, Bon Iver, mm -hmm. the heart of the ideas, the heart of the, but don't get me wrong. They're all amazing musicians. And I don't think one's more important than, than another. And I'm sure Justin Vernon would be the first one to admit that. Yeah. And there's a lot of them, like a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for sure. On the live show, there's probably about 10 musicians on stage at mm -hmm. once two drums. it would be it would be an amazing experience to see them live yeah it's one of my one of my dream shows uh one of my yeah. best friends uh jf lives in edmonton well lives yeah. in fort mac now but um he got to see them in calgary seriously yeah and he said it was absolutely amazing what an experience hmm that, and I get jealous of stuff like that because I'm like, fuck, man, he, he discovered Bon Iver through me. Right. And when he first discovered Bon Iver, uh, he didn't like them. The first time I actually introduced, but, but I get it. I get it because you have to be in the right mind space to get it. Yeah. The, like right away. And he was with his wife, then wife, now uh, ex-wife. And uh, this, I think they had had like kind of an argument or whatever before showing up to to, to our house and then we're all sitting in the living room and it's kind of an eclectic intense show and like and he was kind of I don't know they were kind of mocking it the first mm. time I remember but then from there uh 
you know, he kind of had a couple moments where he messaged me back and he's like, dude, dude, like I just had a bony bear moment. Like I, <laughs> I kind of dove into it and man, this is insane. So, and then he got it. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you really get lost in their music and you go like from a variety of different emotions, like highs and lows. And yeah, it's amazing. There's nothing like better than to discover new music. I mean, yeah, it's great to listen to the classics and, you know, like your favorite, but to discover something that you've never heard before is just, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. And then it pushes you sometimes to discover more music or uh other genres you know i want to discover a new album yeah but uh yeah i did create a uh artist page for my french uh project which is my french music project and my album you know that i'm preparing right now a little hard to prepare during the red red phase but uh we're gonna get things done oh yeah it'll come yeah um but yeah that page is uh the, the page that i'm talking about is a fa facebook page and uh yeah i'm just trying to collect some ideas on trying to add some value content and of course just it's all it's it's that whole you know that whole uh realm i guess of wanting to keep it real authentic genuine and at the same time feed people with some interesting stuff so sort of like you do for us you know mostly you now doing all of our <laughs> overthinking and anxious yeah i do the admin stuff <laughs> i'd say yeah but that's okay i love doing that and if you are interested in finding marty's facebook page it's marty b yeah marty b um most of my posts though are in french mm -hmm. so um but I think you can translate now on Facebook. So I think so. I don't know how good it is, but yeah. Whatever. Sometimes yeah. I go live. If you want to hear somebody sing in French, you know, sometimes I do an English one too. So yeah. Talk about, you know, uh, my uh, keeping active and, you know, trying to stay, trying to, trying to get and be healthy and uh, talking about a little bit of everything and my music, of course. And mm -hmm. My album that's going to be coming up and so uh yeah it's a it's a it's it's something that i'm excited about building this new kind of uh direction and product for my music and then i think it englobes everything you know it englobes this podcast because it's something that's a big part of me so on this facebook page uh for marty you know uh, marty b it's it's really exactly who i am and who i want to show that i am and so there's nothing different about me um you know whether i'm i'm uh, doing an english podcast and uh talking about a little bit of everything life in general or just acting crazy yeah <laughs> or if i'm doing music which is uh you know most of my songwriting is in french for now who knows in the future but most of my influence and my, my, uh, my roots, you know, um, they're deep seated. So when they're French, so that's kind of what comes naturally for me. 
super excited for the album to be released or the EP. It's coming soon, but it's exciting. All right. So something that I want to mention in this episode, because last time you told me that I had jinxed this poor old man. And I say old because he's the oldest living man in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like talked about his upcoming birthday before the birthday. And you mm-hmm. thought that I had jinxed it and he wasn't going to make it. But happy to report that he made it. So made on it. January 30th, Mr. Hawkins celebrated his 110th birthday. Can you imagine, though? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Can you imagine if he wouldn't have made it? Like you would have felt so horrible. Like you would have had to like probably seek help. Well, I don't know. Like I think I almost needed to seek help after the episode, anyways, because someone was so hard on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad that he made it though. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have heard the end of it from you. <laughs> No, I would have probably got fired up about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Cesare would have would have fired me right up. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. So I had in the intention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I had full intentions this week, um, starting Sunday. To be really like to have a really tight week. I know I had mentioned it to you on Sunday and like, all right, this week, man, I'm going tight. Yeah. And uh, it started really well on Sunday. And then uh, was it Monday or Tuesday that fucked up? It was yesterday, Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Sunday, Monday were top grade. Fucking perfect. Yeah. A lot of exercise stay within my points like every or my calorie deficit and just everything was awesome firing on all cylinders and then yesterday although it wasn't like absolutely horrible but i didn't go walk yesterday i didn't do fuck all yesterday and uh i ate like um <clears throat> Well, after everything was said and done, I was minus 343 calories, which is still not the end of the world. But I ended up, you know, eating, uh, you know, I made myself a poutine, a home style poutine, fried poutine, poutine yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I can't believe you said poutine. <laughs> I know we're talking in English here, but like it's Putin's. I'm sorry. Is there an issue here? Is is <laughs> this the time that we throw Marty under the bus? I mean, we're only like what 10, 15 minutes in, so it's one of the times. I pretty much took 110 pieces of shoestring fries, threw a little <laughs> bit of mozzarella partly skim shredded cheese on it, about one cup, motherfucker. And then I took some uh, cordon bleu, or is it cordon bleu? <laughs> Barbecue sauce, and I threw that on, threw that in the microwave, whipped that up within about six six minutes thirty four seconds, to finally be sitting down with a Coke Zero, which caught cost me absolutely nothing on my 
calorie deficit doesn't mean that it's good for me, but I'm just saying like, it doesn't cost me anything. So whatever. Once in a while you indulge. Can, can we sat, backtrack for a second? Sat the fuck down and I relaxed and I ate a poutine. Poutine. But can we backtrack on how you made this poutine? Why? Was there an oven involved? No. I threw my fries in the microwave. It was top grade. And then okay. the, that was my lunch. So by that time, you know, I was hitting, uh, well, 7.30 for, uh, for my breakfast, which was a big, big B. It was a big B. <laughs> big breakfast. And that's PM. PM. 7.30 PM? No, no, no. Nope. It was 7. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm never up at 7.30? What? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> No, it's 730 calories. Oh, okay. Okay. We're my good. B fast. Okay. <laughs> and then my lunch was 628, my poutine. Poutine, yeah. So by this time, I'm like at, you know, 14 already. So, you know, I'm pushing that 2000 that I'm trying to stay at, which is a little lower than I should be at anyways. But anyways... Let's just say I'm pushing that 2000 pretty quickly of that goal that I set for my daily. But anyways, that was my lunch. And then dinner, <laughs> dinner was 1260 calories, two double cheeseburgers, a Dairy Queen. And then my snack was the lemon brogies, two of them. And I didn't walk, although I did like laundry and did a lot of shit. So I still did 5,500 steps. So it gave me, you know, 400 calories break mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But I was minus 343 at the end of the day. It wasn't a great day. Um, so tight, a very tight Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> An even tighter Monday. <laughs> And a fucking loose Tuesday. Tuesday was like Mardi Gras. Let it loose, baby. <laughs> and then today was uh, was right back to, to being tight. Had a huge breakfast, 990 cals on my B-Fast. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then I had, uh, but my B-Fast was like my brunch because I only had two meals today. It's all I need. Okay. Well, that works. I was up actually quite late. Uh, in the day and then I had uh, half a pound of shrimp a cup of rice and I found a little trick to add I found a little trick to add some taste to my rice so you know that onion soup mix um, mm. I told you like oh my god it's high in sodium yeah yeah well you really just have to take like two pinches out of it Yep. Like literally two pinches and throw that in your water. Maybe three. Let's say three pinches. Yeah. With with like your, your fingers. Throw that in your water while it's boiling. Throw your rice in it. I just do minute rice. Keep it simple. Throw mm -hmm. your rice in it, man. And then I, I add a, like a one shot of soya. One shot of soya sauce, man. 
mamacita, 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 mamacita. It's like a raisa, paradisa. It's a fucking a paradise in the raisa, menepasi. Oh beautiful. my gosh. It's a good idea. And then uh, a little bit of shrimp in the house. And I had a, a salad with that. Awesome. And uh, and then I just uh, had dessert like half an hour ago. I had a, uh, well, I went to the grocery tonight and I had bought a cup. Not a cup, but like basically like uh, they come in a square, square kind of um, plastic fucking, what do you call that? Container? Yes. Whew. Um yeah, pineapples and strawberries. Okay. So I just threw a little bit of uh, that light dream whip on it. Mm-hmm. Went to town. Now I'm drinking my water. Nice. And uh, yeah, I went for a 5K walk with two um, teachers, local teachers here in the school. Uh, they have a uh, Facebook page uh, called... Les Tripeuses Trotteuses, which is really cool. Um, they have uh, just just a cool mission. It's a cool mission. Um, their goal is to walk three kilometers in every town in New Brunswick, Canada. And um, also uh, their mission is really just to um, shed some light on the importance of staying active to keep your mental health in check. So again, a lot like, you know, you and I, a lot like Three Men's Journey, my conference that I work with the two other guys, Frank and Guy. Mm -hmm. We talk about a lot of that. And there's a lot of people doing that now. And I think that's amazing. It is. Because the more we uh, we're all out there and talking about it and uh, making it normal, quote unquote, the more we, uh, we kind of make a change in humanity altogether. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about, and, I, and it kind of goes like with what you were saying is like how to reach out for help and like when to. Um, I've just been noticing over the last like couple of days, a lot of people on Facebook or, or just social media have been mentioning that they have no one or that they're alone or they never want to reach out to someone because they feel like they're going to be a burden. And I think a lot of us feel that way, right? But it's super important to make sure that we are reaching out and that we, you know, don't feel like a burden. Now, everyone that we reach out to, they might not be able to help us. Maybe some people don't want to, and that's okay as well. But some people might not have the ability to help you because they might be going through their own struggles too and helping you is a little bit too much that they can handle but don't let that stop you from reaching out just reach out to someone else because talking about it is super important often that's what's going to get you through yeah most times that's what's going to get you through if you keep it inside and if you think you're the only one that can find the solutions to your problems you're really closing yourself to others' perspective. And uh, I think, you know, uh, that might be um, the connecting piece 
that creates that aha moment. We all need that aha moment, you know, and I think that's dialogue that you get that through dialogue, through expressing what you're going through, your feelings. Sometimes you feel like, oh my God, I just sound like I'm fucking complaining or I sound like I'm, I sound like an idiot talking about this or, mm -hmm. oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking about uh, trust issues or jealousy or, oh, oh my God. And it's driving me crazy and it's driving me or it's driving me, you know, uh, creating uh, mental health issues because it's kind of like fucking with me, whatever the case may be. And yeah, I mean, we've all had our challenges. Yeah. And I think when we don't express, and I'm guilty as charged, guilty as charged. Paris, you know, now, uh, you know, uh, you know me well enough to know that I, I do still, although I, I, you know, advocate for it and I preach it and I believe it. I still have a hard time when I, when I get down on myself. Yeah, it happens, you know, and it's going to continue to happen, but it's just in making sure that you recognize that and you reach out as much as you can. And if you're like at the other end of that and you're noticing that someone's off or someone's struggling or they're just acting differently, like don't be afraid to reach out to them, ask them if they're okay and don't necessarily accept the first answer that they give you because a lot of times people will say that they're okay but they're not a lot of times they're putting up a facade or you know like a, a brave face on because mm -hmm. they don't want to admit that they're struggling yeah no it's true but also make it easier for people to see inside of you if you're on that side if you're on the side where you're Right now you're going through shit and you're not talking about it. You're going through stuff and you're, 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 you're not feeling well. First of all, I'm sorry to hear that because it's not a fun position to be in. And I'm often on that balance where it's like, Ooh, a couple of days I can go down on the, you know, on a, on a more of a negative slide. And then whoop, next, you know, next few days, it kind of stabilizes mm -hmm. itself and, you know, you got to try to keep the balance balanced. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're going through something right now, make sure to, no, if you're going through something right now, the one thing that I can recommend is that you allow somebody, you allow a few people or somebody to kind of see a little bit of your, what's your turmoil what you're going through yeah and that's going to change things it's going to change things it's going to take you to uh just trust us trust us because i've had you know friends or people tell me like oh yeah man as soon as you know it's every time it's like almost a no fail yeah i find that one of the biggest reasons why people don't speak up is because they're kind of like guilty or they feel ashamed about what they're feeling and they're kind of like comparing themselves to others and then they're like well this person like has it worse than me so like why why am I complaining about me being lonely like this person is even lonelier than than I am and they're not complaining but we need to stop comparing each other we are unique individuals 
and we've gone through different paths of life. So even though we're being faced with the same pandemic, we're going to deal with it differently because we are different and that's normal. So let's not compare each other. And it's okay that you're taking it harder than someone else. 100%. If you want it, you got it. You want it, baby, you bust a move. You want it, you got it. If you want it, baby, you bust a move. <laughs> so I think that you breaking out into songs during like the whole episode is going to be like the new trend. Could it you be? Did it last perhaps. Time. Who knows? Well, I've already taken 23 minutes to recommend a uh, an artist. Is that where we're at? 23 minutes? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, okay. No, I was just wondering there because, you know, we've been talking a lot. <laughs> we're at way more than 23 minutes. Okay. I, I, I was, you know, I was like, I, you it, have been talking for more than 23 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'd say we're at 35, 40. Okay, okay. So we had a big storm yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple days ago, it was, or I guess, yeah, what are we now? The fourth? Wednesday. Well, yeah, we're technically still the third. Um, so yesterday was Groundhog Day. We're actually the fourth technically but it's because it just turned 1201 a.m so yeah anyway so yesterday we had a storm and it was groundhog day <sighs> no all right boring that's marty's uh all right so can we talk hockey a little bit well, actually, I want, I want, actually, I'm really curious to know what you're going to say about Groundhog Day. So. Nope. Nope. Did Punk that Fikani, ship has sailed. Did Pump Fakani punch Kapani Sam see his fucking shadow or not? To Benakity Sam? Whatever. I don't know. You'll have to Google it yourself because uh, your sidekick here um, is just not going to help you out. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Groundhog Day yesterday. Yeah. You know what Groundhog Day signifies? Do you know what it means? No, I don't. Do you know where it comes from? No, but why don't you enlighten me? Do you know me? why they call it Groundhog Day? <laughs> And me talking about the storm and Groundhog Day was boring, but here you are explaining what it is. <laughs> well, you got me in, man, on GHD. Okay, okay. So Groundhog Day derives from the Pennsylvania Dutch superstition that if a groundhog emerging from its burrow on this day sees its shadow due to a clear weather, it will retreat to its den and winter will persist for six more weeks. But if it does not see its shadow because of cloudiness, spring will arrive early. So needless to say, with the storm yesterday, the, the groundhog did not see his shadow. He did not. So early spring for us, apparently. 
Apparently. Early spring. We haven't even had a winter. I know. I think this is what the second or third storm and it didn't like, I mean, there's a lot of snow, don't get me wrong, but because of like the nice weather that we're having, it's kind of like melting as, as we go. Why aren't we having hard winters anymore? I don't know. That's a good question. Could it be global warming? I mean, that's the first thing that everyone says, but. I think the science is a little bit more than that. Like we have to dig deep. Maybe we could talk about it on our next episode after a little bit of research. Mm -hmm. Sure. But mm -hmm. over the past 50 years, the average global temperature has increased at the fastest rate in recorded history. And experts see the trend is accelerating. All but one of the 16 hottest years in NASA's 134-year record have occurred since 2000. Hmm. So climate change deniers have argued that there has been a pause or a slowdown in rising global temperatures. But several recent studies, including a 2015 paper published in the Journal of Science, um, have disproved this claim and scientists say that unless we curb global warming emissions average u.s temperatures could increase by up to 10 degrees fahrenheit over the next century hmm. interesting interesting but I mean, then like, there's like a whole read up like yeah you, know, you could i could continue because it's 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 a very nice study and it's .org, so which that means is government. Mm -hmm. It's a government page, U.S. government. Cool. Are you ready to move on? Wow. Well, I'm just not sure. I'm like trying to like, you know, feel you out. No, is that the proper, is that the proper like saying? <laughs> I felt weird saying it. So <laughs> it's probably not. Oh, anyway. No. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so I want to talk hockey a little bit. Um, because I've been thinking about it a lot in the last couple of days. And in the phase that we're in right now, um, my son or your son as well is not able to play hockey. They're not able to. But I was thinking about it like, oh, when it's going to start. And as a, as a hockey mom, one of the biggest things is I struggle with anxiety because hockey is a very fast-paced game and injuries can happen at any time. And I'm an all-around hockey fan. So right now I'm like watching the NHL and that's not helping the situation because there are so many injuries right now in the NHL. Not just like, just like little, little things. Right. But they could become like, I'm in a draft right now. And like my players are going from like day to day to out to injured reserve. And they don't give a lot of details, but it says like lower body or upper body or whatever. Right. Right. So for me, like, I know like my kid doesn't play the NHL, <laughs> but it's still a concern as a parent that your kid's going to get hurt. So as a hockey coach, like what, I don't know, like what would you tell a parent like me who's like always anxious about like 
her kid being injured? Um, Taken out of him before going to the arena. (laughs) But do injuries happen like often? Um, not serious injuries. I, I've, I've never seen any. Okay. Cause you always hear about like when they do happen, you hear about it. Right. And people make a big deal out of it. So kind of like as a parent, you're kind of like waiting for, for that to happen. And hockey is such a fast paced game that. Absolutely. I get, I personally get the same feeling. Yeah. When I'm watching my son, I get the same feeling. Mm. So But you got to trust that if something happens in today's age, um, technology, science, uh, first responders, you know, Mm -hmm. how they're they're well advanced. And uh, you just got to trust that uh, the people around um, and that the uh, first responders, the people that are going to respond to the situation are are all able. And that uh, also then um, I think you have to also trust that that's, just life it's destiny it's just the way that shit happens it's accidents they happen and uh some people lose limbs you know not just at hockey but at anything you know they they this is true you know surfers you know lose limbs to to shark attacks and uh, they they persevere and they continue and they survive and i mean some people don't survive of course but yeah you i don't know i just I don't know if it's just taking just a, an, out, an outlook of like saying, you know, if, if you really own in on the anxiety and the what if and the what can happen and oh my God, then yeah, you're really creating a lot of anxiety. Mm. But if you trust that um, things will happen as they, as they, I guess, are to happen. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a risk, uh, as much risk, uh, getting your son to the arena as there is him probably more risk getting him to the arena than there is him getting injured in a hockey game where they're wearing gear and, you know, the, there's, there's a lot more education, um, yeah. these days about, you know, hits from behind or pushing from behind and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you're still seeing injuries. You're still seeing things happen and it's going to happen. It's accidents. So, yeah. Yeah, there's like the crazy accidents, right? And of course, like, as much as it can cause me anxiety, I'm also curious when it comes to like the NHL and like what kind of injuries have we seen over the years? So of course, I had to like Google, right? (laughs) So and I don't know if you'll if you've seen any of these happen, like watching the game. I'm sure that you've seen one because there's a Montreal in there. But um. So March 11th in 2000, there is a match between the Leafs and the Senators um, and Brian Berard, he got hit by a stick right in the eye and it ruptured his right eyeball. Like, that's insane. He recovered, um, but. Yeah, and he continued to play with one. Yeah, yeah. He didn't recover. He never recovered vision. He lost. No, his- no, no, not fully, but like he was still able to function. He was, he was able to continue playing uh, with uh, one eye. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that. That's awesome. That That's adapting, right? To stuff that happens. Yeah. Um, and then we have Curtis Foster, 
who shattered a femur. Um, so it was a game between the Minnesota Wild and the San Jose Shark. Okay. And he collided with one of the rookies uh, as they were racing for the puck. And his femur got shattered into three um, in the process. Okay. Yeah. So he made a full recovery and he was able to play five more years in the NHL. Okay. Did not know of that one. Um, and then we have this, this, like, this is like, I read this and I was like, oh my gosh. Trent so, Cl yes, Clint. Uh, no, no. Clint Malarchuk. Oh yeah. yeah a severe artery. Yeah, did you ever, a severed artery. Severed, sorry. Severed. Yeah, a severed artery and yeah. one of the main arteries. Yeah. I think it was the, maybe the aorta there, but, uh, or no, the jugular, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was in his neck, so. Yeah, the jugular yeah. artery or. Yeah, so it was between Buffalo Sabres um, oh. and St. Louis Blues. It wasn't a nice sight. Have you ever watched the video of it? Yeah, unfortunately, I my curiosity got the best of me. There was like blood everywhere. So. Oh. Um, so yeah, like the guy crashed into the goal crease. And then when he tumbled over, his skate caught his neck and it sliced an artery in the process. Um, he was 27 years old at the time. So he survived the ordeal, of course. Um, and like you were mentioning, like the athletic trainers and stuff like that, they all like came to the rescue and like their training, they were able to like, you know, save him. Artery, yeah. yeah. And he was back on the ice 10 days after the injury. Yeah. That's insane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's insane. And then the last one that I wanted to mention, and it's the name you said, is Trent McCleary. Yeah, that um, was a bad one. Yeah, he fractured his larynx. Yeah. Yeah, so he got hit by a puck right in the throat. Yeah, and I mean, like when he skated off um, the ice, like he, like he couldn't breathe. His, his whole, his old track, track, track was yeah. like, blocked that's crushed crazy crushed. And he was 27 yeah and so they needed to pierce a hole there in the tracheotomy and uh, yeah they saved his life but uh, he never played again yeah i'm assuming you would have watched that game because it was between the Habs and the flyers oh yeah i watched yeah. it it was a sad <laughs> situation and there was another really a couple really bad injuries you know um Richard Zetnik suffered two severe injuries. One of them, he was cut by a skate uh, as well. And then uh, the other one, um, <clears throat> he was hit. He was brutally, brutally hit. Um, open ice hit and uh, out, man. I thought he was dead. Wow. Uh, you, you, uh, you, I'll, I'll, show, I'll show you the videos after okay. But yeah. if you guys are listening to this and you want to see, you know, something, well, kind of fucking frustrating and gross and whatever, whatever, all at the same time, there is go watch Richard Zetnik when he gets cut. And then another one, Richard Zetnik, when, when he gets hit, uh, I think it was Boston, Boston Bruins. Anyway, uh, those were two severe injuries, actually. And then the patch ready. The Zdeno Chera on Pacioretty. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you've ever seen that hit, but that, I, I, like, I think I've I seen it. I literally like it broke his neck, but I literally thought he was dead. I thought I said it. I said he's fucking dead. Like he was lifeless, and it, he was like it just seemed like he was all like limp or whatever, yeah. and um, he was out cold and busted up. Yeah. Now talking about death there like has there ever been like a death because of a hockey injury uh i think so yeah 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 i would i would dare say that there has been yeah yeah hmm. like uh you know a hit from behind broke you know broken neck uh you know didn't survive their kind of thing um uh because of the head or head in, of a head injury or whatever like i'm sure there's a few cases I, I i mean you can google it if you want but um i don't remember of any but i remember of some you know having lifelong injuries like even here in our university hockey team there was one guy that uh that uh you know went into the board's head head first and he became quadriplegic so yeah. it can happen for sure. Yeah. It's a high speed and high, you know, high intensity sport. So it's dangerous. And then you got blades on top of that. Mm -hmm. You know, a bunch of skate blades, sharp skate blades. And, and yeah. And there's like, there's like important places in the body that's not covered. Right. So if that skate hits that, I mean, yeah, there's open spots. Yeah, for sure. Especially in like in the NHL, they don't wear neck guards. Like at least that's our that, kids, they wear neck cool. guards. Yeah. Teflon neck guards to protect at least like a skate blade or a puck or whatever. It's going to help, you know. Mm -hmm. But like uh, NHL players don't wear any. There's not one that wears a uh, skate guard or a uh, neck guard. Well, you would think like after the neck injury there, the artery that was severed like you would think that they would have mandatory yeah it should be mandatory but i don't yeah because i mean the nhl have made adjustments over the years yeah with the equipment i mean when you look at really old videos they didn't even have helmets <laughs> exactly can you imagine <laughs> goalies didn't have helmets at first uh oh the goalies didn't have helmets can you imagine That's that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Thankfully, things have evolved. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with uh, with my uh, Montreal Canadiens this year and also with the uh, Habs Drive for 25 podcast that uh, I'm, I'm hosting after every game. Yeah. Um, having a lot of fun with that, too. But the Habs are playing so good. It's uh, it's a pretty good feeling. Hopefully it stays like that for the rest of the, the season. They played, what, 20% of the games so far? Yeah. And I really can't see it getting, like, horrible. Yeah, unless there would be, like, injuries or COVID or whatever. Even there, right? like, we still have a lot of depth. So, yes, of course, mm -hmm. if you had two, three, four injuries, of course, any team is going to get, you know, yeah. affected by that. But uh, really... 
there's a lot of depth on our team. And I really think that, uh, I think this is a year that's going to be uh, pretty interesting to see where, where this all ends up. So this year, the Habs have four very strong lines that they're playing pretty much the same amount of time. So if something were to happen, yeah, I'm sure that they could like put their stronger players like in the yeah. first three lines and then kind of like the spares in the fourth and not kind yeah. of play them. Yeah, you could definitely, uh, definitely change the ice time situation. Right now, we're, we're firing on all four lines because all four lines are... And everybody's healthy and mostly, I mean, Armia's out there. We have one player that's out with a concussion, but he's on the way back. He should be back very soon. So we had also talked about um, how we wanted to touch a little bit on um, February. I can never say that month properly. February. Whatever. Um, (laughs) So it is Black History Month. Um, so we wanted to talk. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Bit. What's up? What's up? No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, any influences that we've that we have, um, and just talk a little bit about culture and also kind of bring in like our culture into the conversation. Yeah. So interesting. Um, I, I've had to learn a lot about like the Black History Month because where I work, um, we we promote it a lot and, and it's just, we're very culture driven. Um, so I've learned a lot of interesting facts, but what kind of surprised me is that it's only observed in Canada and in the States in February. And then in the UK, Ireland, and Netherlands in October. Those are the only places that recognize or observe Black History Month. Hmm. Like, I thought that there was a lot more countries than that. I wonder why. I don't know. You don't know why? No, like, it didn't really say. It just, like, explained. So, like, the states were first in 1970, and then you had the UK in 1987, and then Canada was just in 1995, and then Ireland and Netherlands in 2010, I think. Wow. Yeah. It's about it's about time Canada came along there. Yeah, I know, eh? But it just shows that, like... Mm, we, it shows a lot. To, yeah, we need to be better at, like, you know including all cultures and we are such a diverse country and even like all over the world there's countries out there that are so diverse and they're kind of like not recognizing that but culture is so so important absolutely absolutely now when we're talking about um the african-american culture um there is really like two people that really stand out to me um that you know, still influence me to this day. Um, so the first one is probably no surprise, but it's Oprah. Um, that woman is absolutely outstanding. Um, I mean, she's a talk show host. Uh, she's produced, you know, television. She's an actress, author, philanthropist. Um, and just like what she stands for and her values and how she presents herself 
Um, I just find that she's definitely a role model and someone that I've looked up to. Um, I remember watching her shows through my childhood and I still watch her to this day. Um, and she, you know, she, she believes strongly in having a positive mindset and really being your best self. True. She's a big, big influence on, on me too. Like we've talked about this before. So, yeah. So someone else that I, I guess not as far back, but that, you know, has made a huge influence um, is Michelle Obama. Um, I know that she, you know, only became more out there when, you know, her husband what became president of the United States, but um, she's an American attorney and author. Um, and again, she's a huge, huge role model as well. Um, and she's an advocate for poverty and education and nutrition, physical activity. And one of the things that I love too is her work with children and how she always promotes that investing in our children is important because at the end of the day, they are our future, right? And I don't know if we've talked about this on an episode before, or we were just talking about it, or it was a quote that we put, but like when we're talking about our children or our future, one of the things that I wanted to mention is we need to realize that just because you don't have kids of your own, it doesn't mean that you do not have an impact on the kids of society. So your actions and how you display yourself, you know, kids look up to adults, right? So whether they're your kids or not, just, you know, be mindful and let's kind of work together and kind of raise kids together as a society. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it runs deep. It runs deep uh, for yeah. uh, a culture like the African-American. Um, you were talking earlier about, <clears throat> you know, how, you know, America, North America, you know, Canada, US should accept everyone and everybody's culture. And, mm -hmm. and I, I almost, in, you know, almost interrupted you and, and, and stepped in for a, set, a second and said, especially African-Americans. Yeah. Because African-Americans didn't choose to live here initially in the Americas. They were brought here. Yeah. by white people to become slaves mm -hmm. you know and um so so at the source at the root of it all it's uh you know they were treated like like animals and they never they never they never asked to come you know to the americas mm -hmm. especially not in the under those terms exactly yeah so uh you know you're talking uh you're talking a lot of uh africans who were brought from uh africa by white europeans you know this was in the <clears throat> in the 1800s mid to late 1800s mm -hmm. and um so basically uh you know i think they became slaves and then uh, I think, you know, they, they eventually wanted to revolt and then, and because um, it wasn't, it just wasn't a way of, just wasn't a way of living anymore. 
so there was a sort of a, a revolution and um, long story short, basically there without wanting to, I'd love to dive in deep into uh, black history, you know, um, African-American uh, history and culture. It's, it's, a, it's such a beautiful culture full of soul and love and, mm-hmm. and tenacity and oh, such beautiful people. And, um, and so, yeah, no, there was a revolution and then, you know, in the 1900s, you started seeing, you know, Rosa Parks and, and then, you know, Malcolm X, uh, Martin Luther King and all those big movements, you know, um, Reverend uh, Jesse Jackson, there, there was a lot of, um, great, great leaders, even the Muhammad Ali's and, you know, um, anyway, whatever. Yeah, I'm fucking. <laughs> Ebony and ivory live together in perfect harmony side by side on my piano go who knows I don't know. Very superstitious, writing on the wall. Very superstitious. Let's get it on. <laughs> yeah. I've been really trying, made ABC. As easy as one, two, three. As easy as one, two, three. A, B, C. One, two, three. Baby, you and me now. They never know if you're going to break out into another song. You just never know. I know. <laughs> just never know. You just never know. You just never know. And you sing differently too than what I'm used to. So interesting. Holly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make a change. <laughs> oh, once in my life. I woke up the puppy. Oh my gosh. He's probably what is that singing? <laughs> Gonna make a difference. Gonna make <laughs> it all began with slavery, you know, 10 million, um, 10 million African, 10 million Africans were taken by Europeans, white Europeans, and spread all over the world. And like I think half a million were brought to on plantations and you know, especially in the South of the, mm-hmm. the United States and uh, became slaves. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how the roots of the African-American started. There's no way to start something good. No, not at all. You know, in disrespect. Yeah. So um, basically it all started there and then boom, 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 boom. You know, one thing after the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, revolution. Uh, you know, big leaders, you know, huge leaders, Martin Luther King Jr., 
um, Malcolm X, uh, you know, big movements, Black Panthers, big, big movements, um, just a revolution. And Rosa Parks, you know, mm. Rosa Parks, who sat, sat in the front of the bus. Uh, just so many iconic moments of a culture that fought. Yeah. Inch by inch. And hard. Like, they fought um, hard. A hundred percent. Round after round. Like, fucking Mike Tyson, Evander mm. Holyfield, all the greats, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Every round, they gave it their all. Generation after generation after generation, to end up with a little bit of rights, but still, you know. So, um, it's uh, it's a culture that I find resembles a lot the Acadian culture, mm -hmm. which is our culture, and yeah. the Acadian were uh, living freely, calmly, beautifully in harmony with the natives uh, on their lands and uh, farming and just taking care of themselves and until the English colony came in this uh, situation and deported. They burnt their, all their villages, uh, killed a lot of Acadians uh, split up families and then deported, started deporting on boats. Uh, their, you know, kids one way with the mothers and yeah. then the fathers would stay back to work on the farms and sl mm -hmm. slave. And so, um, and basically they were spread all over the world from, you know, in, in Europe and in, uh, in the uh, New England states. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, all that to say that I find that the history of both i find they they, they resemble each other and if you really yeah. i'd love to tell that story on a global platform mm -hmm. the acadian story because it's they should like you know i always thought like steven spielberg should make a movie about the acadian fucking culture yeah like you know, the, the, the big producers that produced like Last of the Mohicans and all those kind of movies that were all about, um, you know, uh, all about tribes basically fighting for their land and what, what mm -hmm. all the Acadians is basically that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like 10,000 Acadians were deported. And just because they were refusing to take an oath of allegiance. To the queen. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> because they wanted to keep their, they, they wanted to keep their religion. Number mm -hmm. one, Catholic. Yeah. They didn't want to uh, be Anglican. Yeah. And they wanted to keep their uh, language, which mm -hmm. was French. Um, and were killed, man. Killed, deported. Uh, villages burnt, uh, I mean, name it, you know, basically expropriated from their lands, pushed away. Some of them hid mm -hmm. for years. They hid in small camps that they made in forests because they knew their land. Yeah. And then they kind of eventually fought back. Um, it took a while. 
Yeah, it took for it took a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I've always had a lot of empathy for the African American community, um, the culture, and, you know, every young man walking uh, in in the United States these days, young black man walking in, in the US these days is at risk. I, I strongly believe that he's at risk. Um, yeah and and it's, it's unfortunate it shouldn't be like that like no we're 2021 like and we're still having to worry about people not accepting it one another it doesn't yeah. matter you know what religion you are what culture you are your sexual orientation whatever we all need to accept one another mm -hmm. like this hate that people have for these bogus and reasons i just i don't understand there's i i well we have a multicultural festival every summer like and thankfully in 2020 it's we were still able to have it different but still that's like one of my favorite festivals to go to every year because it allows us to just have a little bit of all the cultures the food the music the people it's such a beautiful thing and if everyone could accept all the different cultures i mean what kind of world would we live in it'd be so much more peaceful listen to you dreaming i know but I mean, we've come a long way, right? So I, we probably, you never know what could happen in, you know, years and years and years from now, we probably won't be allowed alive to see it. But like, you never know. I mean, oh, I definitely won't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have used and it's, I have used and abused this motherfucker. <laughs> There's no way I'll be alive to see it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to die like maybe even tonight. Oh my gosh. This again? <laughs> like, really? We're going to go over this again? <laughs> I might, you know, I might yeah. take the bucket. Hey, you never know. It doesn't matter who you are. You never know when it's going to be your last day. So I always say live every day like it's your last. Oh, and, uh, so cute. And cliche. I know it's so corny. <laughs> so cute and cliche. Hey, I had to say it because I know you love cliches and I hadn't said one yet. So I was reading um, superstitions the other day and I figured that I could share one on the episode. Do you have superstitions? I personally, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't think so. But I, I read an interesting one that's like insane. So apparently in, J in Japan or Japanese superstition, they believe that you sh should not trim your nails at night because it will cause premature death. Do you have superstitions? Is that it? Oh my gosh. That was that was the I was waiting. Okay, we'll for, cut it out. Something. Sorry. It was not satisfactory. I'm just trying to like, you know, put content that's organized in here a little bit. Yeah. Let's keep it off the cuff. All right. We're going to keep it off and we're going to move on. So <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank 
fully, I don't take things personally because. <laughs> so one of the things that I wanted to start doing on the episode is reviews. <laughs> oh my gosh. I quit. All right, this is it. We're done, guys. So thanks for joining in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just want to call out that one of the viewers, which is one of my friends, mentioned that you were very hard on me on the last episode. Just want to say that. And I took it like a champ. Who's the friend? Melissa. She said I was hard on you? Yeah. Was she I'm sorry, are you surprised? Did you listen to the episode? Was she pissed? No, no, she wasn't because she knows I can take it and give it back. So what do you want to talk about, Marty, since my subjects are not good enough? <clears throat> Called karma. <laughs> you believe in karma? Straight up. Uh, Straight up. Straight up. Yes or no? Do you believe in karma? I struggle to believe in something that I can't see. And I, I feel like karma is that. So you don't believe in karma? No, because like I can, there's so many people who have done wrong that nothing bad happens to them. So <clears throat> karma fails. If karma does exist, karma fails in so many situations for me to believe it. Sorry, that was a random question, but... Oh, it's all right. I think we got a show, or were we... No, I think I think we're good. The, the only thing that we kind of wanted to bring into the episodes, like, going forward is, like, kind of, like, to do reviews on different things. So whether it's, like, food or movies or TV shows or yeah, well, really anything. Hmm? Let's fucking do that. Intro it out. <clears throat> All right. So what do we call it? I don't know. I don't know. Let's call it something. So we want to do something new and we want to do weekly reviews. It could be one or two things. Um, and from anywhere to movies, TV shows, food, music, whatever it is. Feel free to send us an email with something that you would love for us to review. Mm. If we haven't tried it or watched it, we will. And then just tell you what we think and go from there. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's fun. That's exciting. Woo! <clears throat> that was good. Yeah. Sarcasm, Marty. Sarcasm's on no, point no, tonight. No, no, I'm excited. It's 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 exciting. It's exciting, and um, I think we should start with uh, <clears throat> we should start rating something as of tonight. And I would like to ask you what you thought of the Queen's Gambit, the series. So I loved it. Um, I didn't think that I would just because reading what it's about, you know, I wasn't sure. Um, so for those who don't know, it's a Netflix TV series called Queen's Gambit. It has seven episodes, about 45 to 55 minutes long. Um, and it's basically, um, it's, it follows the life of an orphan um, who her quest is to become the world's greatest chess player. 
and she struggles with emotional problems, drug and alcohol dependencies. But yeah, like I, I'm, I, I finished the whole series in like three, not that it's like anything to be like very proud of, like it's just seven episodes, but it, it took me about four or five days um, to finish it. But like, it's really, really good. I would definitely recommend it. Where are you at? Uh, I'm at, uh, I don't know, maybe episode four. Okay. And what do you think about it so far? Oh, I love it. It just hasn't become my go-to show, but I I still love it when I watch an episode. I'm going to finish it. Like I'm interested in knowing, you know, the whole, the whole show. Yeah. Isn't one of the self-assessments a runny nose for COVID? Yes. I've never had more of a runny nose than I've had in the last two, three, four weeks. Yeah, but so so here's my my thing too, because I've been sneezing. <clears throat> so I get allergies in the spring. And I feel that because we haven't had a huge winter, I feel like my allergies are like starting sooner. Okay. Yeah, so no, I'm uh, definitely a fan of The Queen's Gambit. It's a very interesting series and a little fucked up. Yeah. I recently watched a very good um, documentary. Oh, yeah? That I would suggest. Yeah, it's just kind of a basically a timeline of 30 years of this guy. Mm Mm-hmm cameraman journalist returning to cuba every so often every couple years every five years every year like just keeps returning to cuba and seeing the same people talking to and he got to know fidel castro which was the uh president el presidente and uh of course he was a dictator it's called cuba and the cameraman okay I enjoyed it. Is it as a movie or a few episodes? Uh, it's one show, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just one, an hour and 54 minutes. Okay. Not bad. Um, and then the next thing I'm going to get into because that inspired this is the, the Cuba Libre story. The Cuba Libre story. Okay. Um, it's a series on um, on Netflix. Okay. And it's about Cuba. And <laughs> <laughs> it's about Cuba. It's about yeah. Cuba. It's about the tuba. <laughs> it's about tuna? No. It's about Cuba. Oh, tuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, Cuba, Cuba, <laughs> by the cigar, the Spanish-speaking Cuban, the Cuban. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, beautiful culture, another beautiful culture, the Cuban culture. Mm. Tenacity, strong people. They were treated like fucking shit, Fidel Castro. Mm. <laughs> I was gonna like do a like a food review. <laughs> I just feel it doesn't fit right now. 
<laughs> the fuck you're doing food reviews now on this show yeah why not turning into a fucking this is turning into fucking the view no no i was reading and listening to a few successful podcasts and they do reviews and sometimes their listeners email them foods to try and some of them are weird but you know try them out and then review them all right well, i think we got a show buddies well i'll save it for next week <laughs> yep don't mind or holy fuck I, th- I feel like there was a lot of just yapping tonight just like do you think it's going to be a good show though I mean, the yapping was more one-sided, but I mean, I think we we can still make a show out of it. The things that I am faced with in this podcast... When we, when we edit, you are going to hear what I'm saying, <laughs> especially at the beginning. <laughs> so as always, do not hesitate to reach out to us via email, overthinkinganxious at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're also on TikTok. And you can listen to us on all the platforms such as Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Is that okay, Marty? Did I? It was great. Yeah. <clears throat> did, did I pass? That was great. Yeah. Okay. Because last episode, I, I didn't make the grade. No, you made the grade. You always make the grade. You know, I'm teasing. <laughs> I know. I know. You your heart on me now. Like I'm. I'm kind of starting to feel a bit bad because, you know, I'm an empath and if people feel like I'm being like an ass or whatever to them, I'm like, oh my God, I feel bad. Like I'm an empath as well. And the whole picking picking on each other is necessary and it's what we love doing. So let's not stop. Just be prepared that I'm going to call you out. That's all. And be prepared to get it back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can you all handle right. it? Oh, I can handle it. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> you seem to be getting a little soft on me there. <laughs> well, I just feel, yeah, I felt a little hurt. <laughs> just a little hurt? Yeah, a little hurt. Just a yeah. little hurt? Do you want in, a little box of Kleenex? In my feelings. <laughs> right in my feelings. Where, where's the little violin? Yeah, well, uh, hey, if you got a little bit of love to give, please, let's get it on. (laughs) Let's get it on. Now songs are on repeat, guys. Yeah, well, you know, if you got some love to give, let's get it on, because I'm fucking getting lonely over here. This is fucking (laughs) red face. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? If you do have a little bit of love to give, though, uh, share it. Share it with the world. Share a little bit of wisdom, some thoughts, some caring thoughts. Share. Just share. Dialogue. Goes a long way. 
And don't forget, it's okay not to be okay, but please speak out, speak up, speak to someone. Yeah, and it sounds cliche, but it really works and it helps. So it does. Believe us. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Be safe out there. And uh, hey, much love. Much love. Bye. Peace. Bye. <laughs> They're going to think it's me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs>